the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all. Amen. Do you remember the first moment when you realized that you were no longer a child? Or if you're still a kid, do you remember a moment when you've realized that maybe you're different than you used to be? Maybe you started wanting to play with different toys, or you stopped being interested in certain books, or maybe even certain friends. Maybe you moved to a new place, or felt the pressure of the world in a new way outside of the house that you spent your early years in. Maybe it wasn't a moment when you noticed, but rather one day you woke up and realized that your body had changed and times had rolled on and things were different now. Last week, I had the joy of spending a week with seven of our youth and one other adult leader from this church in Houston, Texas at the ELCA Youth Gathering. This gathering of over 30,000 teenagers happens every three years in our church, and it's five days jam-packed with music and powerful preaching and so many speakers and service projects and time to laugh and learn and pray and play. And every day, we ran around the city of Houston learning about ourselves and about God, and then at night, we filled NRG Stadium ready to dance and sing and celebrate God's gift of grace for this whole world. And during that week, I noticed I am not a child anymore. (laughs) I attended youth gathering when I was a teenager, and it changed my life. I learned that this church was for my generation too. I learned that being Lutheran isn't something I am just because my parents told me to but because it's part of my identity, it's who I am. So this past week, I attended youth gathering as an adult leader who was ready and excited to steward that time of self-discovery and growth and faith for others. And friends, the difference between attending this as a teenager and as an adult is stark. (laughs) I no longer know the popular dance moves, although you can ask the youth. They are very excited to tell you that I did learn some. I no longer know the slang. I no longer have the energy that I did as a teenager. But here's the thing. At the same time, attending youth gathering as an adult versus as a teenager wasn't as different as I expected it to be. When we were asked during our morning Bible study what we think God's grace feels like, that was a question that I needed to practice answering just as much as our kids did. When I was in the stadium with them, singing Amazing Grace and singing Jesus Loves Me every night, I needed to feel the hope of the resurrection wash over me just as much. I needed to see that I was standing in a crowd of people who were looking for meaning and hope in a super broken world. And I needed to hear those words of grace and love and forgiveness just as much. Friends, every single one of us experiences many, many different seasons in our lives. 
And in front of God, we are all always children. Always. And speaking of being children, as you just heard, the commandment we hear this week is one that gets used against kids all the time. Honor your father and mother. I remember hearing this a lot when I was a kid, whenever I was being especially obnoxious or frustrating or annoying. My parents liked to pull this one out. And I came to resent it because I didn't understand what part of this commandment set me free. It only felt like an excuse for punishment or a way to keep me in line. Until now, this year, we've heard commandments that mostly have to do with our relationship with God. We heard about rest and about idolatry and about worship. But today, we're reminded of the fact that our relationship with God also has to do with how we treat other people in our lives. Today, we're reminded that part of the covenant is about relationship and that we can't have a relationship with God unless we're willing to seek good relationship with the people around us. Because when we desire relationship, we desire God. And when we seek to dignify and honor the people in this world, we're seeking to dignify and to honor God. Now this commandment can be really complicated for us for a few different reasons. But first, so many people's home lives don't fit this formula of mother and father. Lots of people don't know their parents. Lots of people only have one active parent in their lives or have parents who don't fit the binary of mother and father. Some people have figures in their lives who fill those roles for them more than their legal parents do. Some people who have parents who've long ago died. The list goes on. So what do we do with a commandment that feels like it might not speak fully to our experience today? For that, we turn to what we just heard in the book of Matthew, the teaching of Jesus. We hear that when he's teaching a crowd, Jesus' mom Mary shows up, And his disciples interrupt him in the middle of a speech to say, Hey, your mom's here and she wants to talk to you. And Jesus answers in a way that probably infuriated Mary. But he turned to everyone and said, Who is my mother? Who is my family? And then he looked at all of them and he said, Everyone who belongs to God's family is my family too. Everyone here is my family. And as we just heard while holding hands, that means that the people in these pews, all of these people, these are your parents and your siblings and your children and your grandchildren. And not just the people here, people part of God's family all across the world are part of your family. People who don't look anything like you, people who don't speak English, people who don't know the same privilege that you might They're your family, just as much. People who are seeking safe places to live, 
people who've never known what a safe home is, people who get arrested, people who do arresting, all of those people, every single one of them are your family. People who disagree wildly with you, people who agree with you on every little point, they're your family too. And that is what Jesus says about baptism. That in baptism, we are made family. And that means that honoring our family, this commandment, calls us to honor all of those people. And it's good news. It's good news that God gives us people to walk alongside, that God gives us partners for relationship, family, to do this church thing next to. We need each other in all of our diversity because otherwise we very quickly slip into thinking that we're always right. And that's not the way of God. We're called to honor our relationship with one another, not because of power, but because we are knit together. Hear me say that again. This commandment is not about bowing down to one another. It's not about obeying one another because of who has power in this world. This is about honoring the relationship that we share because of who God is. And that's extremely inconvenient because it means that when we're quick to judge, or when we're quick to blame, when we're quick to hate, we're breaking a commandment. It means that when we're quick to view ourselves as more important than someone else, we're breaking a commandment. When we're unwilling to imagine what the experience of another person might be like, we're breaking a commandment. And here's something else that makes this commandment kind of messy for us. I grew up with parents that made me feel safe and loved and supported. I wasn't afraid at home. But so many people can't say that about their home life or about their parents. So many people were and are afraid of their parents or afraid of those people in their lives who they're supposed to be able to trust. And that begs the question for us, in a world where our relationship with our parents can be messy or broken or traumatic, what do we do with this commandment? Does it exist for the sake of enforcing punishment or rules? Does it still count if your parents haven't honored you? Friends, if this is you, first of all, May God bless you and keep you. It's not okay that you've been put in this position and God weeps in response to how you've been treated. God has called upon the people in your life to honor you and to lift you up and call you holy. And if that hasn't happened, I am so sorry. That was the breaking of a commandment. It's not okay. And that brings us to the big question about this commandment. What does it mean to be honored? What does it mean to honor somebody else? The Hebrew word for honor in this story, ka'abed, 
means to give weight to someone or to take someone seriously. And scholars say that in Moses' time, this commandment protected parents from being driven out of their home or from being abused after they couldn't work anymore. This commandment existed to force people to pay attention to those whose society said didn't matter or didn't have any value. This commandment is about honoring others, not because of power they hold in our lives or because of status, but because we've been knit together in relationship. Because in front of God, every single one of us are children, which means that every single one of us are addressed by this. And we're called to honor our whole family. But friends, this commandment is not intended to reinforce systems of power in this world. It is not intended to make us blindly follow those in positions of authority. Instead, it calls us to recognize that we all have this brokenness thing in common. We all share a deep need for God's undeserved grace. And because we're made one in the waters of baptism, we ought to honor one another. But honoring someone doesn't mean agreeing with them. Honoring someone doesn't mean being forced to endure abuse. It doesn't mean blindly obeying. Honoring means looking at a person and knowing that they're loved by God and deserve dignity as uncomfortable as that can be for us. Honoring can mean choosing to pray for someone from afar because being directly involved in one another's lives is too toxic for anyone. Honoring can mean holding someone accountable for how they've hurt others because we believe that in Christ they are capable of more just relationships. Honoring means paying attention to those who've been called slurs and names by our society and working for their dignity. Honoring means knowing that someone's been made in the image of God, even if that image is caked in sin and brokenness. Honoring means caring about the well-being of others while also caring about our well-being. Because honoring never means sacrificing our wellness for the sake of someone else. This commandment is intended to set us free, to set us free from abuse and from lack of dignity. It's intended to connect us to others in life-giving relationship, not keep us in bondage to societal norms about who does and doesn't matter, or keep us in systems of abuse. So hear this, friends. You You are a beloved child of God. In God's kingdom of freedom and equity and love and new life, you will always be a child. You will always deserve honor. You will always be afforded grace you will always be loved. At this font and this table, you will always have a place. So may we learn 
to honor one another in life-giving and honest ways. Knowing that God, our ultimate parent, holds us close and loves us endlessly. Amen.